Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast where we're all about talking shift because when we feel stuck or when it's time to level up, we have to shift. And that process always begins in our minds with a shift in our thinking. A shift in our outer world starts with a shift in our inner world. And that, I believe, is the antidote to feeling stuck. Today on episode number 55, I'm going to be sharing relationship tip number nine. We're going to be talking about the perils of keeping score in your relationship. Now, if you want to have a healthy, mature, loving relationship or marriage, you have to refrain from keeping score. I know this is hard for a lot of people, but keeping score, let's just clarify that first. That is when one or both people in the relationship keep track of who's doing what, how often they're doing it, and if it's fair. Uh, you, You could imagine it going something like, well, I've been doing blank and blank and blank for weeks or months now or forever, and you haven't done any of those things. Often, it's about the distribution of chores and other responsibilities that need to be tended to for the business of our lives to run smoothly. And that's not a bad thing. It's just about the score. And often, often this kind of bleeds over into the emotional part of the relationship too. And if we're not careful, it can turn into like a habitual barter system. It's like a demand for an even exchange. I'm, I'm only going to give if I get in return. And this can play out in the giving or withholding of affection, of love, intimacy, just caring for and doing nice things for our partner, emotional support, etc. You get where I'm going. Nothing kills a relationship like keeping a constant scorecard. No one wants to be told that they're falling short based on rules and scorecards that they may not even know exist. So let's break down some reasons point by point about why keeping score is stupid. Are you ready to tackle this with me, TJ? Oh, I, I am. And I feel like actually talking about why keeping score is stupid is sort of stupid because it seems so <laughs> obvious. But I, I think a lot of people need to be reminded of that. We, we talk about how life is a game, the game of life. Well, in, in the game of life, there is no scoreboard. There really isn't. And, and I think that when it comes to looking at what you're doing compared to what your partner is doing, there's there's no issue, I think, with keeping score in the sense of, am I doing enough? Am I doing my part in the relationship? But if you're doing enough and, and if you're doing your part, it really doesn't have anything to do with what your partner is doing. It's 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 whether or not you're able to optimize your own life to, to keep up your own sort of, um, you know, goals and, mm-hmm. and, and do your parts and your duties and your roles. And like, I don't know, like yeah, I, I've yeah. definitely been guilty of, of keeping score in the sense of like handing off chores to one another. My wife will have a conversation of like, I did this. So can you do that? I think that's fine. But when it comes to like, Oh, you cheated on me with my cousin. So I'm going to fool around with 
your sister. Like, I've heard that logic <laughs> yeah. before, Lori. And it just, right. It's so confusing to me. Like, how does a human being think this way? Right, right. Well, and you'd be surprised at how many people, the majority, I would even go so far as to say, um, have a uh, their their relationship, their I guess the way that they um, give and exchange love is is kind of based on a barter system. What happens with people is they're at this um, it's it's not the highest form of love, which is very difficult for most people to achieve. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, the most unconditional of unconditional loving. And that's kind of something that all humans, you know, are, are striving toward. But but it, most people get into um, and and play in that place of a barter system within the context of their relationship. And you can certainly have a lasting relationship if you if you have that kind of a dynamic going on, but it won't be very fulfilling. Um, you won't be a hundred percent happy. Uh, but most people play in that field in that and they may not call it a scorecard, but that's kind of what a barter system is. It is, I'm going to give if you give to me. And what happens is when people start to feel like they're not getting what they feel they need and or deserve in return, if it's not being reciprocated, then they start to withhold. I'm no longer going to give because I'm not getting anything in return. You see where I'm going with that? So... Sure. I mean, so, I, I think I think the the right word that you said is reciprocated, and mm -hmm. uh, I think I think there, you know, I think there are reciprocals in any relationship that need to be met, but that's not mm -hmm. the foundation of deciding whether or not you're going to be what your partner or what you want uh, to be for your partner. Like, it, it it's mm -hmm. not you do this for me, I'll do this for you. It's it's sort of an un spoken thing that's why you guys are together to begin with right like you know like we make each other better well that's the idea <laughs> but it's easy to get lost in translation so to speak when you know you're really in the when you're in the throes of the relationship and now you are dealing with the task of um you know living under one roof together and all the things that come along with building a life together and managing a home and perhaps a family. So we'll, you know, we'll see, let's just, we'll just break it down. Let's talk about some things that, um, that are common, that are a bad idea. And we'll go from there. So for starters, um, keeping score, it's frankly, it's just not very nice. It's, it's kind of mean. It's sort of like you're, you're shining a light on all of the ways that you decide your partner is dropping the ball and not holding up their end of a bargain. So the message that you send then is like, you're not good enough or you're in the wrong. And that's a demerit for you. So like, it's kind of like, okay, I'm watching you and you're screwing up and I'm keeping track of these. So that that's one, that's point number one right there. And it, trust me, it does happen. Point number two is keeping score is micromanaging and nobody likes to be micromanaged. That's like, it's like treating your partner like a child, like you're going to parent them. And that is, that's really patronizing 
and annoying. Your partner may not be doing the same things that you do like equally, like for instance, domestic chores, or, you know, they may not be doing them in the same way, but they may be doing things that the other person isn't. So, you know, things balance out if we recognize that we all have our own strengths and proclivities and we allow ourselves to find a comfortable balance in that. You know, like if we're talking, TJ, about domestic chores, I'm sure you guys have this too. Um, You know, usually in, in a lot of relationships, somebody is doing more of one thing that is either just because it's more convenient or because they like it better or, you know, for whatever reason, like somebody might do the majority of the cooking or, or one person might do most of the managing of the finances and the bill paying, you know, somebody might be the one that's doing most of the laundry or, or in charge of taking out the trash. Just those kinds of things are things that if you've got these agreed upon, um, tasks and then somebody starts dropping the ball, the other person might be starting to like watch and focus on that and want to be micromanaging like, Hey, 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 you know, you, you need to take the trash out or you left the laundry, you know, in the washing machine for two days and now it's all mildewy or, you know, whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I completely get it. Uh, like I know when we go to Ikea and we buy like a stupid table, that's going to break in three months because it seems like all Ikea furniture does. Like my wife's going to put that together, you know, but if we buy a computer, I'm going to make sure the computer runs and I'm going to show her how to work it. Like we split up those chores, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the person in, in our house too, that, that puts everything together. Um, I'm the, I'm the puzzle person. So anything that needs to be assembled, um, and requires tools, that's my job. Uh, (laughs) and you know, but then there's times like, for example, you know, somebody might have their, their job, so to speak. And then sometimes they just, they they drop the ball or they forget, or, you know, something happens to disrupt the, the routine. And, and what can happen is people can start to be, um, thinking, okay, you're not doing your stuff, so I'm not going to do mine. And they don't give them the benefit of the doubt. And we have to, you know, everybody drops the ball every now and then, but intention matters, right? So you have to stop to, rather than immediately going to judgment and criticizing, you have to think about, okay, was this just, you know, um, good intentions, but things got in the way or, you know, something came up to interrupt the, the usual routine and, you know, cut your partner some slack. I think that's a big part of it. I mean, a lot of times like our schedules, Eric's gone all the time. He, he's just, you know, his, his work takes him away all the time. I get to work from home. So naturally it's easier for me to kind of keep track of making sure, you know, inventory is stocked, you know, cupboards are full and laundry is, is getting done, that kind of thing. But he will, with good intentions, throw in some laundry willy nilly here or there, just at random. And then he'll put it in and then he'll forget about it and then he'll leave it. So I'll find it in there, you know, like two days later. Um, and I'll be like, Oh, 
there's laundry that's been sitting in the washing machine for two days. And you know how that is, especially if it's a warm and humid um, season. It's uh, it's not always pretty. It gets no, a little mildewy. No. So and, then and, I'm and like, then oh. if you react, then, then he's going to be like, well, I'm never going to try to help out again. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. So, you know, I, I may, know I, that the intentions were good. Right. So I'm just like, all right, you know, run I may, it I may or, I, I may, or may yeah. not have been the guy who put the uh, clothes in the washing machine and left it there for two days before. I'm just saying. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like it, it, I'm, you know, I wouldn't jump to conclusions, but <laughs> it happens to the best of us. You know, and so. the, you know, the, the heart is in the right spot. You know, exactly. Exactly. The intention was there. So we got to keep that in mind because um, it's easy for us to uh, to know our own intentions about things and then not judge ourselves right. when we forget something. And, but we have a tendency to judge other people on their behavior and, and forget to look at what their real intentions may have been. Right. And, and, you know, one thing that I'm thinking of when when someone keeps score and then they bring it up to you and it's being presented to you like, look, you're not doing your part. I do my part. Here's X, Y, and Z. You're slacking. It, it It's really unfair to the person that you confront that way because odds are, I think most of the time, they just didn't realize like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't helping out here. I'm sorry I've let this slide a little bit. Like, it, it's, it's one thing to sort of be told, hey, look, can you please help? It's another thing to be told, look, I'm keeping, you know, track of every little thing that you do poorly and how I do everything right. Now you feel defensive on two fronts. Like one, right. like hey, I didn't mean to make a mistake. I'm sorry for that. And then two, why are you attacking me and keeping score? That's not fair. I didn't know we were playing a game here. Exactly. Exactly. Number three, keeping score is it's kind of me centric. It's a little self-centered and you are unwittingly setting up kind of like a hierarchy. Like it's, it's, you're sort of saying my way is superior and oh, on without my a score doubt. Card, without, yeah, I, I yeah. Mean, especially because no one's going to keep score and be like, Hey, I'm not doing enough around here. Like you, you don't ever look at the scoreboard and bring it up when your score is lower than your partners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. And, exactly. and, I think, and I think in a roundabout way, that would be the more positive way to approach something like that. If you are going to keep track, like, hey, look, you've been doing a really good job. I haven't been doing my part. Let me try to make it up mm -hmm. to you by doing this. Exactly. Acknowledge if you feel like, oh, I've just become aware that I'm kind of falling short. Acknowledge it. And yeah, ha have the uh, the courage and uh, I guess the humbleness to bring it up and say, yeah, I realize that I kind of been slacking here a little bit and I want you to know I recognize it and I'm going to, you know, do better. Um, okay. Next point. It makes your own contributions a little insincere because if you're keeping score, because you're expecting something in return. So it's kind of like you're testing to see if they reciprocate and pass the test or if they don't, and then they fail. So rather than doing something for the pure joy of contributing and, and fostering flow, you know, in the relationship and in your lifestyle, you've transformed it again back into a barter system. I'm going to do this only if I get, you know, something in return. And, you know, and that that's great for flea markets, but but not for lovers. I love not that. That is great yeah. for flea markets and not for lovers. Yes. <laughs> right. Very much. Right. Yeah. All right. It keeps your focus in the wrong place. It's uh, now you're looking at 
and you, you've got your attention on what your partner is doing wrong rather than right. So, you know, keeping score requires, it requires vigilance. So you don't miss anything that they did wrong. And, and here's the thing, guess what? When, when we're, when we're in that mindset, we always find what we're looking for. So if we're looking for something to be wrong, if we're looking for them to screw up, we'll find it even if we have to distort the truth and our perception to do it. So beware of that because um, that's just sort of the way life goes. We'll find what we're looking for if we want if we want to find it bad enough. And on another point, if that's what your deal is, my God, how exhausting is that? <laughs> your attention is focused on what's the next wrong move he or she is going to do. Let me make sure I don't miss it. One hundred percent. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I, you know, I, I hate to say this, but we keep bringing things up and you keep calling them points. And when we're not keeping score, maybe maybe <laughs> we should have taken a a, a different uh, verb oh, for that. Oh, the irony! Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Here's another observation. <laughs> <laughs> is it kind of better? Yeah. Um, all right. Keeping score is divisive. So score just obviously it relates to and indicates competing teams and you, I mean, you know how I feel about that. We've talked about this a lot of, a lot of, uh, in a lot of our conversations, you and your partner, you want to be on the same team and you're not on the same team in your mind. If you are, or your partner is keeping score, it doesn't work that way. Right. I mean, that, that happens when there's a competition. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not you're not keeping like one score of like, hey, honey, we did it. We were we're nine points up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you versus me, which that's not mm-hmm. what a relationship is. That's uh, that's yep. a, that's a rivalry. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're creating division and um, moving away from unity and the you know, the the what's the word I'm looking for? Just the the harmony and the like the benefit of the whole idea of being one whole unit. Yeah, that's probably a good way to say it. Um, it's, it's also, it's a very, keeping score is just playing out a very petty and immature approach to a relationship. And it will set you up for failure. It is, it's child's play and a relationship will eventually devolve with that kind of approach rather than grow and evolve. So I think, you know, anybody that is really sincerely wanting their relationship to be continued to evolve, to grow, to become closer, um, that is something that you want to stay away from. And if you've found yourself or your partner starting to do that a little bit or sensed it, catch it and, uh, you know, turn away from that, pivot away, get rid of the scorecard, um, because it's going to take you down the the opposite way that you want to go. So I guess, again, I just, I can't stress this enough. It's, it's really, it's a team mindset. A team mindset is great, but only when you make sure that you're staying on the same team and not cultivating an atmosphere of opposition, opposing teams keep score. And when they engage with the other team, there's a winner and a loser. And that will destroy your relationship. 
So we need to recognize that we all have different strengths and weaknesses as well as different schedules. We contribute to the relationship in different ways. So smart couples who strive to set themselves up for a happy, successful relationship take those things into consideration. I like in in our household I may do more cooking in the kitchen but but Eric's in charge of the outdoor cooking. We've got one of those big green eggs and I have um really no desire and zero interest in learning how to cook on that thing. I don't care, I don't want to. <laughs> so you that's- and Eric sound exactly like me and my wife. Like it's ex- <laughs> the exact same way. Like you put together the uh, Ikea furniture. Yep. I, I do the grilling and the smoking and the barbecuing. Right? Yeah. 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 So I do most of the in kitchen stuff. And if there's outdoor stuff to be done, he does that. And that's fine. We're good with that. I love to vacuum. I love to vacuum. I find it very therapeutic, but I hate washing the floors. Eric doesn't mind it. So he washes the floors that that require washing. He's I, good at it. I mean, and that's the thing, too. It's like you're essentially in a roundabout way doing things where it's like, oh, look, you do this. I do that. But it's it's better when it's not a spoken thing. Right. Like I love cleaning the bathroom. I don't know why. Maybe I'm the only person on the planet that enjoys cleaning the bathroom, but I wow. enjoy cleaning the bathroom. And mm-hmm. if I stop cleaning the bathroom, it would probably be a problem. And if my wife brought it up to me, I would go, you know, you're right. I probably do need to clean the bathroom. But if she came at me like, look, I keep putting together this Ikea furniture that we keep buying because it mysteriously keeps breaking after three months. Uh, you're not cleaning the bathroom. I'm not going to put together the Ikea furniture anymore. Then it's a right. problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Man, we it, totally. I, I really hope Ikea never wants to sponsor this show. <laughs> right? Because you've made several points about that now. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I keep buying the stuff. So, it, it, you know. They have a customer in me. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, we love our big green egg. (laughs) 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 That thing is awesome. It is a game changer when it comes to cooking. And I am so happy that my husband absolutely loves it and has really become quite the master of it. Okay, anyway. (laughs) So, So healthy relationship maintenance is something that we need to cultivate. You know, have your agreed upon tasks or the things that you've agreed, whether you've actually had a conversation or it's just sort of somehow that's just become your norm. But have those things that you each have taken responsibility for, but don't be so rigid about it that you start penalizing your partner if they drop the ball. The act of scorekeeping and counting is damaging because it implies a lack of trust and the assumption that your partner doesn't care or even maybe has negative intentions. If scorekeeping is something that's become a habit in your relationship, as always, the antidote for creating a new experience is to shift. So number one, ditch the scorekeeping and the barter system and commit to supporting your partner. Team members strategize to work together because they know that when they do the entire team benefits. Give without the expectation of, hey, there's always, there's always, you know, going to be sometimes when there's not going to be an equal exchange. So give without the expectation that there will be. And when you know something needs to be done, just do it. 
I mean, if, if your partner usually takes out the trash and that's become the routine and there's been a couple days where they've forgotten, don't be like that person that's going to get all twisted up and start letting it just overflow to make a point. If the trash needs to go out, just take the t- trash out and forget about it. But then don't be that, don't be like, oh, by the way, you forgot to take the trash out again and I did it again. You don't have to throw it in your partner's face. So keep that in mind. Give for the joy of giving. True giving doesn't have strings attached to it. And it, when you give for the joy of giving with no strings attached, it infuses the relationship with good vibes and, and the unspoken message that we're in this together. Have appreciation for all that your significant other is doing right when we focus on appreciation for our spouse or a partner and we let go of expecting them to always reciprocate in what we deem to be the right way, then we create harmony and trust. And we can have faith that our partner will reciprocate in their way. Now, the one exception to the rule and the conditions that make keeping score not stupid is when one partner is doing pretty much everything all the time, it's become a, a long pattern, and the other person is basically enjoying a free ride, contributing nothing but his or her burdensome self. That is when a score might matter, and someone perhaps needs to be shown the door. So... That's what I got to say about that, you guys. Thank you for listening, everyone. Remember to throw that scorecard out and wipe the slate clean so your relationship can grow to the next level. Unless, of course, you deem your partner to be a life-sucking freeloader, in which case you might want to make a different kind of shift and grow on without them. Only you can decide. May the force be with you. Um, I'm super grateful that you spent some of your valuable time hanging out with me today. It would really mean a lot if you take a quick second to subscribe if you haven't already and give me a rating, please. I would love that. If you're trying to make some shift happen in your life or you have some relation shifting going on that you could use a little help with, you can find out what private coaching with me is all about on lauriebischoff.com. And of course, connect with me on any of the social media platforms. So until next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen. That goes for you too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.